this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. I thought that was, that was for your friend last time. Yep. It's so good, I wanted to do it again. <laughs> My name is Cody Leach, and of course, I am joined, as always, by Christian Garcia. Sip. Sip, nerds. Um, fun week to... Uh, this week, uh, lots of cool stuff going on. Um, some cool announcements coming out in uh, new uh, movies and video games, etc. And books. And books. There's um, um, Madeline Mad- Rue's, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, God. Salvage. Yes. Nice. I remembered it. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of buzz about this. Uh, I've ordered a copy off of Amazon, so hopefully I get that soon. Um yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I just got to fit it in between my book club. I'm going to get that as books. audio. Hopefully she still gets the same amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, yeah, well, I'd be interested to see how that works. We can ask her. Yeah. Hey, so how much on average money do you make <laughs> before taxes? <laughs> like, do you get more from the audio or from the book? How how much money do you get per book? That's a, I mean, all jokes aside, that's that'd be an interesting thing. To For know. sure. Yeah. Is it like a dollar? I have no idea. I don't Is know it how like five dollars. It's probably not five dollars. Well, maybe it could be hardcovers. She said it wasn't coming in hardcover. It's only coming in like a. Oh, that's right. It's like a fancy paperback. She said. Not all books came in a hardcover first. I don't know, man. It's 2019. The book world's changing. That's true. <laughs> it's like, I want the audio hardcover. Ooh. That's the one I want. It's got like, it's got like a, a background, uh, like music to Bad it and stuff that's gotta be, gotta be cool. something that more expensive reasoning to sound effects yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's uh, uh start the show as we always do with uh some nerdy confessions where we uh confess the things that make us nerds Ooh, before that real quick we should say uh congrats to our two winners of the logic ticks oh yeah that's right that's right giveaway that was fun. That was really fun. Yeah. We got some cool pictures and stuff. Actually, I have another prize whenever you want to set one up. So, Oh, well, let's give it a little bit. <laughs> we don't want to give give out all of our prizes to the nerds. But uh, look for that coming in the next couple episodes or so. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come up with another prize. We should say their names, the winners. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Imi and David were one. They kind of did like a joint one. Um, and they're also uh, friends that I've played D&D with. Um and then uh, our uh, our runner up, I I know her Instagram name. It's Chubby Chubs, which we should give that out. Make sure and follow them. Yeah, yeah. Ch- uh, check her out on Instagram. Chubby Chubs. Amy Louie is her name. 
I don't know if I should have given out her full name, <laughs> but it's on Instagram. So was... we can ask her if she wants to cut it out. We'll cut it out. Man, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Well, shout out to yeah. Chubby Chubbs. But uh, yeah, Chubby Chubbs on Instagram. And then uh, I don't remember what Imee's name Actually, is. Actually, on... tell us how you guys thought about it. You know, did you guys like it? The concert? How'd it go? Yeah. Some pictures? Yeah, I saw I saw some pictures on um, Instagram. And I think they tagged our hashtag. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, is that it's called the uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind Tour. So we called it Nerdy Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah. And so you can check out that hashtag on um, hashtag nerdy confessions of a dangerous mind on Instagram. And you can see some of their cool pictures and stuff that they took at the show. It looked like they had a real good time. There's a picture right there. There's some pictures right there. Which everyone now can see. They were super juiced. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're following along on Instagram, you can check them all out. So they had a great time. Uh, and so thank you guys for sending in those pictures and send us your nerdy confessions. We'll read that shit out. Exactly. Let, now let's get back to our nerdy confessions. Um, my nerdy confession is, um, I was reading an article today or not today. It was a couple days ago. Uh, it was talking about, you know, uh, you know, Mia Khalifa, the porn star. Yes. Right. So I think everybody knows her for one, for one reason or, or another. another. <laughs> Well, one thing I didn't know uh, is that she was only in the business for three months. Yeah, and she's like been like she's been ranking like, like number one and number two for hell long, even after. Yeah, which is crazy, and I had no idea. And it, you know, it's like, all right, come on, man. Everyone watches a little bit of porn out there, right? You know, and but I'm only vaguely aware of people's names. I don't want to get too attached. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like if I get a little too into it. It's like, I'll just follow them on I'll Instagram follow, and Twitter. I'll that's just it. follow them and it's like game over. And then it's like, you know, I got another hobby to take care of. But uh, yeah, so I knew her name and I knew who she was. And, and she's also big in sports now. She's a, like a sports podcaster. And that's the other thing that she's known for because she's put a lot of um, athletes on blast. Yeah, exactly. She'll be a- like, uh, LeBron James, you. You're stupid. I don't know. You know. No, like they have, you know, slipped into the DMs, oh, DMs and she like she calls post them out. It. Yeah, and That's we'll awesome. post it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess yeah, it's your right. Sure, it's your right. I mean, it's sure. your instant messages to send it, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like if you put them in the DMs and you're a famous person, you can't. You're you kind have, of asking for it. You know what I mean? Coming? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if it was me. I would have a fake Twitter or Instagram oh, account. That's for the other that thing stuff. is that she that that's what she would be mean about it, like fucking losers. Like look at these guys like sending me, and I was like, uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, they're not losers. They just want to have sex with you. I mean, that's not that bad, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, so my narrative confession is I had no idea she was had such a short time in the business because she's super famous. There's like yeah. a rap song about her. Really? Yeah, I think so. Maybe I'm making that up, but I, I, I told, you, were just, you were planning on writing it. I totally remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would write a rap song. How do you spell her name? Oh, you know how to spell her name, Cody. Shut up. <laughs> oh, wait, there's an H in there. But Mia Khalifa rap song. Dude, there totally is one because someone searched for its lyrics. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. This is going to be some Nerds of Friends magic. Oh, get out of here. YouTube. You play with them balls like it's FIFA. Obviously gonna rhyme with Mia Khalifa. 
God. Well, now I don't. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, yeah, well it exists. You get it. I mean, look it up. Should we give but a shout out to the artist? <laughs> it's called I Love Friday Mia Khalifa. Okay. Maybe it's not maybe it's not like one of those like well produced rap songs. But I remember hearing it somewhere. <laughs> and death threats. She's received Yeah, she got death threats a for a lot of death threats. Yeah, because she shot like a, a video of her in a hijab. Yes. I mean, brave for her. I mean, yeah, you know <laughs> I mean that's one group of people you don't want to piss off. Right, exactly. And I think that I, led... They've uh, killed people for cartoons. They've killed people for less, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, so it was just so interesting. And so I did a bunch of Google searches, and now my phone is probably full of viruses. It's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Worth it. Sometimes. <laughs> just got to rub one out. But that's crazy, man. Talk about 15 minutes of fame because she is like, I mean, now she's well, like, I mean, it's not really 15. Mi- I mean, she may have done 15 minutes worth of work. But she's <laughs> yeah. like super famous. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You know, well, it's, I guess 15 minutes of fame isn't the right word, but it's like it's amazing how for for something that she was only famous for for about, uh, you know, three months, I think it was was what they said. Three months, like 13 videos. Yeah, but then that's forever but, on the internet. I know. And she's regretting that now. Which I is, doubt she's regretting it. She got no, she's, that's what the article is about, is how she regrets it now. Well, I, I mean... And she like shits on the porn industry. That's fucked and up. And she says that... Uh, know, that is fucked up because where would she be without it? She would not have her whatever sports podcast. She would not that's be... That's true. She's making... I'm sure she's making a shit ton of money. Well, that was another thing they said, is that she didn't make that much money, according to her. She said she made about $12,000 in three months. Sounds to me like she's a shit negotiator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about the uh, the industry to, to speak one way or the other on it. But I mean, I, all I would it say sounds is, low. Let's just say that. Although, I mean, I feel very strongly you shouldn't shit on the industry that, that put you out there. And right. That, I mean, you should be whatever. I mean. If you don't like it, then, you know, maybe don't continue doing it. But, like, I mean, that's how she's making money now. For, well, maybe not for the porn, but because that but boosted yeah, her. It, yeah, it boosted her into the fame uh, realm. And now, you know, now she can do whatever she wants. I mean, you know, there's look at Stormy Daniels. I mean. <laughs> well, she's still doing porn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> although, although in news, she just won the case where the police uh, arrested oh, really? her at the strip club. Oh, nice. I didn't hear about them. Yeah, so it was like. It was obviously it's turning into a porn episode. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, so she was stripping, and I believe it was like in Houston, or I think somewhere in Texas, where I guess there's some law where, which seems stupid to me, where the the dancers or strippers are not allowed to touch the patrons. What? Yeah, and I would was say, this communist China? Yeah, I would say that's up to the dancer, really. I mean, I'd say that's the point of a strip club. <laughs> so she was on stage. And there were cops in there in civilian clothing just watching. And they're like, exhibit A, and it's just glitter. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, Your Honor, but exhibit A, it's just like spray tan and glitter. It's just his shirt. Yeah, with with like ass cheeks imprinted on it. I still got the boner. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's exhibit B. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess, there we go. That's a fear boner. Fear boner. And so they arrested her for, I guess, touching a patron. But uh, they the case got thrown out because it's like, dude, they were obviously like... Um, <laughs> they were paying her. <laughs> <laughs> they 
They were making it rain. What else? Is she this was to like do? this was going on right when the whole Trump thing and like the money part was coming out, and oh, it gotcha. was like in the thick of it. So they, she was saying that like it was you know they were after me. This was obviously like some kind of political thing. Yeah. Like, why would they be in there? You know, if you know, looking for. That. I could think of a couple of reasons. Yeah, well, I mean, true. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe it's just because she didn't want to do anything in the champagne room with them, and they got a little upset. Possibly, maybe. Still, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> no matter what a stripper tells you, <laughs> nothing happens in the champagne room. Something along those lines. Something like that. All right. What's your nerdy confession? Well, like I was telling you earlier, it's probably going to end up being a lot of Stephen King because I love Stephen King, King, and it's October. Yeah. Uh, nice finished. spooky month. There we go. Uh, finished the shining. Ooh, we need to make spooky sounds on the soundboard. There we go. That's next, for next episode. Next episode. Ooh. <clears throat> and I fell asleep. I was telling Cody earlier. I tried watching the movie The Shining. I fell asleep, but uh, maybe because I had a couple too many drinks. Woke up when it was over. But what I did see, um, I think how apropos. Someone else struggled with the drinking problem in that movie too. Yeah, I know. I right? Hey, look at that. <laughs> um. So, At least you didn't try to murder your whole family. I could have. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's so easy if you think about it. <laughs> and the opening sequence was beautiful. Uh, the film from like I saw like half of it, be- beautifully shot. But I, to- I mean, we were talking about this briefly. I totally get why Stephen King um, doesn't like the movie. Yeah, it's 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 a different story. I mean, there, there's there's some elements that are there, but it's like Jack Torrance is definitely. Like redeems himself at the end. Um, He's a sympathetic character, at least in The Shining. You like, you're pulling for him. You hope, you know, if you were going into reading the book and you had never seen the movie, never read the book, and it was 1977 or whenever it came out. I just think Jack Torrance is a piece of shit. You're like, man, you know, Jack Torrance, you know, he's he's you know an alcoholic, but you know, it seems like going up to this hotel might be a good thing for him. Maybe he'll finally get his life together. And as you're like reading through it, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. Maybe he maybe he'll get a handle on it. It seems like he's doing better. No, it seems like he's doing worse. He's doing much worse. Oh no, what's happening? No, and you get the background of his father. How yep, his father yep. was a piece of shit, and like how his mom, like basically, he married his mom. Like, um, yeah, she just kind of goes along with it. Although at the end, uh, Wendy does a better job of standing up for herself. Yep, but and she has her own uh, struggles as well. Str- you know, struggles with her past too. Um, I don't remember if I said it here or at, at book club because we read that f- book for book club. But uh, I think that that whole movie is all about people struggling with your past and it, how the past the affects book. you. The You're referring to book, yeah. Yep, the book. So the Overlook Hotel is in itself an embodiment of the past, right? It's literally haunted by the past. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing. You don't get the background of the gangsters. You don't mm-hmm. get the background of what had happened, the previous owners. You yeah, know? you don't know why there's a creepy dude in a dog suit. Right, right, right. You're like, whoa, what's that? And there's like, oh, that's a yeah, crazy. No, there's sex a thing. crazy fucking yeah. There's yeah. some crazy story. You don't you don't know who the woman in the bathtub is, and right. she she had just recently died before they had gotten there, and the yep. whole, they were like the hotel staff was trying to hide it, and um, there's just so much cool background information. Nothing with the wasp at all, which mm-hmm. was like a triggering point for Jack and for Danny because it it bring it brought a memory of Jack and his dad. In in uh, I mean. One thing that's kind of crazy, though, is like, why would you bring in a wasp nest? I mean, that's such a weird thing. But I guess... You because know, it was a false memory that uh, that Jack had. I just, I just, So it's very fresh in my mind because I just finished the book. Um, he had a, he thought he had a memory of his dad giving him one. And yeah. then later on, he recalls like, oh, no, dad 
burnt it in front of us and like made and us watch, watch. All the wasps like yeah and it was like very sadistic thing <clears throat> so like we didn't get any of that yeah. information also like in the movie or like in the book the hotel wants Danny for the shine right like the, he wants him dead to join the staff because they will get the hotel will get stronger this evil uh presence and Danny stands up for himself which you don't really I feel getting in, in the film. I mean, again, I didn't. I feel like, it. yeah, I feel like in the movie, Danny and Wendy are just two characters who are basically running away the entire movie. You know what I mean? Right. They, they and don't they stand do, up for themselves. And, and she definitely does. She fights him back and she gets fucked up by Jack. Oh, yeah. She gets by the. And it wasn't an axe. It was a it was a rope mallet. Yep. You know? Yep. 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 So, yeah. Read the book. Haller, and, Halloran doesn't die in the end oh you didn't get to the end it's i knew that part but yeah halloran gets killed in the movie and you're like well i guess he won't be in doctor sleep yeah and in the book he's he's a big dude he's 60 years old but he's a big solid guy Mm -hmm. um nothing with the there was nothing with the animals in the in the maze and i mean that's kind of a that's one of those like technological things i think that the uh you know cinematically the maze works okay how it's kind of like it would kind of change around and stuff that's a cool like if it was just that I wouldn't have I don't think it would be a problem. I you know Stephen King is um well known for accepting changes to his from his stories to make movies work. Like he's on record saying that the um the ending to the uh the Mist the movie the the Mist mm-hmm. I saw the Mist is better than his one that he wrote. Really? Yeah, he actually said, "Man, if I had thought of that, that <clears throat> would be the ending of the story." Okay, so he's it's not like it's not like he's you know just hates when people don't follow it to a T. He's open, but he's a storyteller and he wants the story to come out. Right, right. And Stanley Kubrick missed some you know key points of that story, and I think that's why he's always kind of held on to that uh, as a kind of a grudge. I kind of had that feeling with he accepts little changes because like when they did. the dark dark tower, tower. <laughs> yeah from marvel no yeah, no no no, no, no. totally different <clears throat> not the fucking movie not the fucking movie <laughs> yeah apparently just... he doesn't give a shit about anything really no, no, no. i was referring to uh the marvel <laughs> the comic book comics yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah there were some cool little changes and the in-between stuff seems like oh that makes a lot of sense yep, like yep so i don't know if it was his notes that he'd given people or he just kind of trusted them with the story yeah and i think you know that's one of the cool things about seeing a movie of your favorite book or whatever, or your favorite comic book is seeing kind of what changes they make. Like the Joker is a perfect example. We talked about last week, right? Yep. Obviously a different character than what we've seen in the comic books, right? You know, there, there was no, he wasn't the red hood. He never fell into a thing of acid at ACE chemicals or whatever. I mean, it's, there's a lot of differences from the Joker we knew, but it was an awesome movie and an awesome adaptation of that character, you know? It's like why you know why you like listening to like cover songs, you know, when one band plays another band's song, it's like oh, let's see how they would do it, kind of thing. Um, but it's like it's totally different to you know when you're trying to you know when you're playing, uh, you're like oh, this is a cover of a Beatles song, and then you play a completely different song. You know what I mean? Faux shizzle. Yes. Also, just started uh, Mr. Mercedes, and I'm like one third of the way through, and I really like it. <clears throat> there's no, at least so far, one third. There's no. There's uh, not a single Mercedes in it. Well, no, there is. <laughs> <laughs> there totally is. Uh, what C class? 
I he he, he says the model, so I'm not a very big car guy, but all I remember is it's a 12 cylinder. Ooh, and yeah. um, it's different from the stuff I've listened or read to because there's no, at least so far, there's nothing. Um, there's no ghosts. There's no creatures. Mm-hmm. It's not sci-fi. It's so far a straight-up detective story. Yeah. Um, well, he'll do ones <clears> like <throat> that where it's it's you know, like I mean, Stand by Me is a perfect example. Though that was. I think he, that wasn't that a Richard Bachman. I have no idea. Something. Um, Although, again, again, this is my first one non-ghost creature thing. Um, I like it. Although, he, and I got a little bit excited. The villain refers to uh, the main character as a uh, knight of the badge. So I was like, oh, is this gonna be a little bit of Dark Tower? You know, because they're essentially knights with guns. Yeah. So, but I, I probably won't turn no. into anything. But so far, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, I think uh, you know for Halloween, especially for October and Halloween, kind of getting into the spooky month and stuff. You know, pick up a Stephen King novel and check it out. If you've never read him before, um, like first of all, why? But second of all, I think I think he's really accessible. He's got some awesome storytelling uh, techniques, and like his character development is just amazing. Like he, these some of these characters, you know, you'll think someone's going to be the main character, and then someone else, and you know, he, and then he. He's kind of like uh, George R. R. Martin, where like you know, no characters are really safe. You know, you you don't know <laughs> some characters. Oh, the little boy from Pet Cemetery is so cute. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know which book I would have suggest first. I guess I'm I'm really I've really really loved Doctor Sleep so much for so many. But you can't but, read that one without reading The Shining. Well, I mean, I did, and like I was telling you, like yeah, I but, but you're I, weird. I am weird, but like I listened to <laughs> Doctor Sleep first. And then I listened to The Shining, and it was it was it felt a lot like a prequel. And I'm like, oh shit, that makes way more sense of why he would be this way later on. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. You don't have to. I mean, you can do The Shining and then Doctor Sleep. I'm sure that's equally. I think The Shining is a good book to start on, um, just because it's it doesn't you know you don't it's not it came out way before the Dark Tower universe began realistically. Um, like he might've had it kind of as an idea at that point, but, um, it's not like there's a bunch of like little hidden messages in there from the dark tower universe, like the stand, like the stand. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a good standalone story. And then you can also, you know, most people have seen the movie. You, you have some point of reference where you can kind of see the differences. And then Dr. Sleep is coming out this month. So next month, November. Oh, Oh, next month. Gotcha. Um, next month november so uh and then you can watch or listen to that so you're in a you're in a really good time right now to get into this whole shining yeah you know story universe kind of thing so that would be my recommendation but if you're up for if you're up for a big book dude the stand is awesome that was one of my earliest stephen king books and it's what got me hooked for sure it's a good mix too of like um monsters creatures and like just his character-driven story and, and realism. And the one I listened to was one that they redid. I think that he said that in 2010, where they added 400 pages that was taken out. Ooh, I haven't so, read that. Um, and I'm wondering. I'm I'm also thinking. I don't know because I've never read or listened to the original. When I listened to it, it was like based 400 on, pages. 400 pages. Yeah. Wow. So the book was like 900 pages to begin with. Yeah, he sent it to the publishing company, and, and they're, they're like, 
900 pages. You're insane. Well, no, they were like, this is great and we love it. It's like, but for these amount of pages, we're going to have to increase the price of the book to this dollar amount. And the average book is going for this dollar amount. So we think we'll, we'll lose some readers. Right. So they're like, so if we take out 400 pages, then we can sell it at the sweet spot that we want to sell it out. He's like, now you can take out the 400 pages or we can take out the 400 pages. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. he decides, like, you know what? If you guys are going to, you know, gut this, I'd rather gut it myself. Yeah, exactly. And he says in the intro where he says, like, you know, I felt like there was very character-driven parts. Uh, you learn more about certain characters. Yep. So he didn't add all of the 400 pages, but he said he put most of the 400 pages. Nice. And also, I don't know in the original what timeline it took place, but when I listened to it, it was 1990. So I don't know. Yeah, sounds about right. Which seems weird because when I, I went back, I was like, when did he write this? It was like 78. So I was like, really, did he write this like in 12 years advanced timeline or did he just update everything for this new book? Or yeah, the- I mean, I feel like, I mean, honestly, there, there's not a whole lot of it that kind of ties into a, a specific time frame. I mean, you know, well, yes, he, he yes mentions- there are cars and then, and then like the world kind of like you know well the thing is he he meant and maybe this is the stuff he added but he mentions stuff that wasn't out back then like the ninja turtles cartoon and he mentions like certain technologies that was just not available i can't think of it but um i was just like oh i didn't realize that this took place in the 90s and then when i was like oh shit he wrote this in 78 so i was like i wonder if he updated it wow but i i really really enjoyed it a whole lot yeah, that, that is strange. I don't remember. I mean, I think I might have read it in the 90s or early 2000s. You would have had to. <laughs> I don't think you would have been able to comprehend that book like, at such a young age. I mean, I, I read it w- way too early, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, yeah, probably, you know, I might have been nine years old or ten years old. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I probably shouldn't have read it. And particularly, like, the creepy, like, the way he describes the victims of Captain Trips was, like, really gross. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was really, really, it is the fourth and longest novel ever that Stephen King ever published. 823 pages. Yeah, so I guess he upped it to 1,200. Yeah. That's crazy. Depending upon the edition of the novel, the events of the stand occur either 1980 to 81, 85 to 86, or 90 to 91. There you go. So I've read, I've listened to the wow, 90s. Oh, interesting. He probably just, he probably just like took out, he had like places in there where like, okay, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, Dukes of Hazard, it's Ninja Turtles. Instead of Ninja Turtles. It's, Which is pretty cool for like, yeah. you know, you can hit multiple generations. Yeah, exactly kind of a weird thing to change but anyway very cool yeah check that one out i mean it's it's an awesome book and also like the new one i saw did you see who they cast as a uh, randall flag uh no it's um one of skarsgård not oh alexander skarsgård not it yeah his his hot older brother yes nice alexander skarsgård which i don't know that's the guy of... from true blood yes he was also fun thing wait Am I thinking of the right? No, you're the right guy. And then his father is Eric Skarsgård. Yes, he was. In, he's in the Marvel universe. The yep, yep. The professor. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought, like, dude, that's his dad. Like, that's a very handsome <laughs> dude. And like that, that guy. But I've seen pictures of his dad when he was younger. That like, oh, he looked, he looked like he looked like a, like a, more like, like a his, snack, <laughs> like a treat, like yes. a treat. Yeah. Um, 
Alexander Skarsgård was had a really funny side role in um, uh, new Seth Rogen Charlie Theron movie Long Shot I think it's called I, I didn't watch it but yeah it's it's funny I think people slept on that movie but it it was delightful and he plays like the Canadian Prime Minister really and he's like he's basically he's been trained to have like a public persona kind of thing and like so the, he was he like playing Justin Trudeau or. No, he was. I mean, he was playing like a caricature kind of thing, but okay. but he had like a he had like a really goofy laugh, and then um, and then but they had like trained him to have a more like publicly pleasing laugh. It's all about like you know uh, your public persona versus your private persona kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, it's really funny. It's he, he's it's funny to see him kind of you know flex his comedy muscles. All know? right. Well, I'll. I'll... I'll watch it when it hits Netflix. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good little, you know, good rom-com watch with the girlfriend or whatever. Um, all right, some new nerdy news. Um, so they've officially announced Venom 2. Oh, I thought you were going to say the dildo urn. No. <laughs> I I knew about that already, though. Really? Yeah, I had already known about that. I'm pretty sure I might have talked to you about it. Anyway, what he's talking about is apparently there's, you know, there's all these services like you know, the Neptune Society where they'll, like, spread your ashes at sea. There's ones where they'll, like, compress your ashes when, when you die, of course, into, uh, like, a cubic zirconia that you can wear as jewelry, like a little diamond crystal. But this one is where you can have your ashes put into a glass dildo to uh, remain with your loved one Yeah, for, you know, night, like, nights of... Like, fuck a ride or die. You want to die and ride. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's weird to me. Cause especially like, what if you're like, you know, okay, you're hopefully you die when you're an old person. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to give that to an old lady and just be like, that's how the, that's how the site promotes it. Yeah. Wow. I guess <laughs> this is why I good on you was, old ladies. This is why I'm Keep broke it going. is I believe the name of the website and actually shout out and f- forgive me if I'm pronouncing the podcast wrong. Uh, sexidence podcast. That's a, uh, I learned it from them. <laughs> I listened to their episode. You guys should listen to them. They're fucking hilarious. And that's how I got hip to the, the dildo urn. As yes. soon as I found out about it, I was like, I got to tell Cody. So I told the Christian that uh, if I'm to pass before him, that he's to put me in one of those and uh, send me to Scarlett Johansson's house. Yeah, I'll make sure she accepts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make sure. I mean, what are you going to do? Say no? Hey, man. Shoot yeah, the your, guy died. Shoot your shot, man. Yeah. You're dead, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, what I was really going to say was that Venom 2 just got announced um, and that uh, it is going to feature Carnage with you know Woody Harrelson playing Carnage. Um, I love the wig. I love the wig because it's so cheesy. It's so bad. And, but the thing is, in the comics, when you read it, it looks that cheesy. Like, it yeah, looks really it's bad. Just really. Hopefully they just have like a scene of him like going crazy and shaving off and then it's just Woody Harrelson no. for the rest of the movie. No. You want him to have I, a crazy yes. bad wig? Wig? I need him to have the Ronald McDonald hair. <laughs> they also announced that uh, Shriek, his girlfriend, is going to be in it. Um, no announcement of who's going to play her. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, sounds pretty cool. And I thought I read Tom something. Hardy's going to be back, you know, playing him. I thought I read something that they're planning on bringing um, Tom Holland. Um, they, I mean, obviously that was pre you know, Marvel kiss and makeup kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, I could see that in the future. I would hope so. You know, uh, geez. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
I enjoyed the Venom movie, but like also it wasn't a very good movie. I, I enjoyed you know I mean? the Venom movie. I would have liked it if they just didn't call it Venom. If it was just a hey, this is a weird alien movie. Yep. Yeah. Some dude got the suit. We decided it'd be cool to make him look like the character from the comics, but it's not him. Then I would have been that's yeah. fine. This is fine. <laughs> it's a it was a weird choice. It was it's just a it was like one of those DC Universe choices where you're like, mm, hmm. yeah, actually that's a strange. very that's a very accurate way I yeah. put it. Yeah. Anyone outside of Marvel Pictures or Marvel Studios is just like, they're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why these aren't working. <laughs> like, well, it's because you're a crazy person. And you made a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> only an insane person would do. Yeah, that. I just, you know, it's one of those things. Um, do you remember the game Maximum Carnage back in the day? On yes, oh, where uh, Spider-Man and Venom have yeah. to team up. Yeah. yeah, and you could play as both of them on certain levels. Yep. Oh, so cool playing as venom was the best it's like when you played sonic and knuckles and you got to play as knuckles yeah it was like oh they don't like each other but they gotta work together they gotta work each other. i mean you know it's tale as old as time basically <laughs> that was Ennius or genesis uh i want to say it was genesis and super nintendo people will correct us i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i'm right sonic and knuckles was definitely Sega. on genesis yeah. yeah and it was one of those cartridges where you can take your old Sonic games and plug them in on top, and then you can play as Knuckles in your old Sonic games. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Isn't no. that like a crazy, like, who thought of that? A it genius. was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, the top of the cartridge you would know, open up. I'm starting to have a little bit of memories of those. Yeah, you the top would open up, and then you would plug, you know, Sonic you know, 1, 2, or 3, or whatever, into it and then you could play those levels as knuckles and it was like what the and i don't remember any other game being like that except for like game genie which is not a game it's a cheat and how crazy was game genie oh yeah where you stick this little cartridge in and where you put it on the end of the cartridge and just allowed you to cheat like do you can you imagine them coming out with something like that now it sounds crazy huh i know it's what a weird time to be alive well like did they have to like program all these games or was it just this cartridge that allowed like for you to hack into it? Like, I think it was, I think, you know, now I'm just guessing. Okay. I totally no, remember it now, now that I found the not Sonic ha- and Knuckles. Cartridge. Yeah, exactly. Not, not knowing much about, you know, computer programming or video game design. Yep. That's the one. Um, it, it makes me think like, okay. Uh, the game genie probably was like, kind of like a developer's kit you know it probably just copied some of those functions from actually creating the game and it would just when you input the code you would just change like a value in the game like your your life or your health or your weapons or whatever so it's but it's an interesting thing that like just kind of went by the wayside like cheat codes in general yeah there's no such thing as like cheat codes anymore we should try. We should try to get some kind of like game developer, <laughs> like yeah. asking these questions. Yeah, that would be that would be really fun to uh, talk to. And um, I do. I might still have some contact infos over at uh, Crystal Dynamics. Maybe I could do that. Um, anyway, but, but yeah, it's, it's it's really weird to think about that. That kind of stuff just doesn't exist anymore. Another crazy one. Remember on Super Nintendo when you could put the Game Boy game into the special cartridge and then play it on your Super Nintendo? Nope. I hella don't remember that. Dude, that was awesome too. I think the last thing I remember is like Nintendo 64 where they had this this little 
like thing that you take off on the top and then you get add like a graphics boost oh the expansion it. pack yeah or whatever yeah i know so random it was like oh no graphics are better i'm like so you released this to me and it wasn't good <laughs> i mean you built that little slot in there so it's like i think they had that on uh i think playstation 2 had that too they had like a, a thing that you could plug in to make it like network capable you know before oh yeah, yeah, yeah before yeah. the online was a yeah, thing yeah, yeah. It's so weird to think about that kind of stuff now that, you know, you get like a PlayStation 4 and it like does everything now. Well, I think I don't remember how many episodes back we talked about. Uh, I think we were talking about the new PlayStation because I think specs are starting to come out, but yep, nothing's yep. official. But yeah, the dev kit just got released like um, pictures of it. It looks weird, but I mean, it might that might not. be. I wish final. they can have it like like a desktop computer where you can. All right. I want to upgrade the graphics. I can do this. And I could modify the system so it could right. be a little bit better. And I know hardcore gamers, they'll probably just tell me, why don't you just get a fucking desktop computer? It's like, well, I like fucking... I like don't want to play with keyboard and mouse, okay? Yeah, I don't like it. I, I don't, don't like it. I don't like... I don't like... It's not as immersive. And also, it's it's harder to, to sit back on your couch and play with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to relax when I play video games. I don't want to be sitting hunched over at a computer, you know... Um, Typing away, kind of thing, you know. What and I, mean? I guess now thinking about it, someone who upgrades the graphics and you're trying to pay, play competitive, someone's going to have an advantage. And I guess it kind of just levels the playing field. I don't know, but still. Yeah, I think I think another thing too is kind of like the whole point of a console is to get the complete package that's ready to go, not have to worry about that kind of stuff, you yeah. know. But uh, you know, I, I'd like. I mean, I guess. The PlayStation Pro and the Xbox One X are kind of along those same lines, but you're having to buy a whole new console, which yeah. kind of sucks. But yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, this time next year, uh, PlayStation Five will be, uh, you know, getting ready to hit the shelves, or nice. if if not hitting the shelves already, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be an obscene amount of money. I'm going to try to pre-order mine now. <laughs> uh, yeah, they might be out there for sure. <laughs> Here's a funny um, talk about pre-orders. Uh, my friend Anthony pre-ordered um, Kingdom Hearts three at when we both worked at Hollywood Video. He he pre-ordered at Game Crazy, and so so he never got his money back. He never got his money back, <laughs> and then that game just came out this year. So it's like, man, think about how long that took to come out. I never, I didn't play it. I, I, I never even to. beat it. I was just like, I was so over by the time I finally got it, you know, and it was just like, it wasn't the same as, as, oh, I'm sure. you know, Kingdom Hearts one. And it's just, uh, it's just, you know, it was great while it lasted, you know, back when I first played Kingdom Hearts, it was great. And now I'm just like, that time is over in my life. That I, part of my life is over. I kind of wanted just for the Disney characters. I'm like, ah, no, yeah, I can't do it. It's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to go. It's hard to go back and play those remixed ones, because it's like so old that even the HD remix is like it's not that HD. You yeah. know what I mean? No. So and then the game design has changed so much, and it's just you had to experience it when it was coming out, and then if you missed that, you know that's that's the end of that. You know, I think it's kind of hard for me to play RPGs on systems now after starting to play Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like it's going to be a little bit hard, but. Oh, I mean, I, I like it. I don't have to remember any rules. I mean, <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I guess I can't do that. Well, it's <laughs> it's more like, can I do this? You can try. <laughs> Let's see what the dice say. <laughs> um, 
But I mean, I am excited about the uh, Final Fantasy VII. So I I loved it as a kid, the original. So yeah. I'm definitely gonna get it. My friend Joe just bought Final Fantasy VII, like the original one for Switch. I'm like, why did you do that? The new one's coming out in January. Yeah, with better graphics. Yeah. Although I will say. The RPG that I go back that I played the most and I would still pick it up to play again is Final Fantasy Tactics. That is one of my favorite RPGs yeah, in the system. A lot of fun. I never I, I played a little bit of Final Fantasy Seven. I was never a Final Fantasy. You know player. you know what it is? It's the closest thing in a video game I would say to playing a game of D and D. You have different classes. The only thing you don't have is different races, but there's different classes the way it ought to be. <laughs> Jeez. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know that. He just, he just <laughs> left it out there. I was just like, oh, I can't. You can't just leave that out there. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you're like, I'm kidding. I was like, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the list Hopefully is- everyone else knows that too. Uh- <laughs> but there's different there's different um, yeah. classes, and yep. you can pick which route you want to go. Um, also, your, um, your sign actually counts. I always just put my birthday, Aries. And every time I play any RPG, I always try to go to Fighter, and it just matches perfectly. Um, I'd say try it. There's actually some remakes where the graphics are the same except for the cutscenes, which is pretty cool. They yeah. just updated the cutscenes to them. Um, I might have to check that out. Not a big fan usually of Japanese stories, but that one was actually really cool. I yeah. really like the storyline of that one. Um, speaking of D&D, <clears throat> uh, so I've been dungeon mastering uh, our friend's game of... Starfinder, which is basically like Pathfinder in space. And Pathfinder is basically like Dungeons and Dragons, I think third 3.5. Yeah. Um, and here are some of the things that I've I've learned so far. First thing, first and foremost, if you're gonna like dungeon master something, don't do it in a game that you're also learning for the first time. Cause it's just like you're figuring stuff out. That seems pretty obvious, but okay. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> I I just I wanted to I wanted to dungeon master something and my friends wanted to switch games to try it out kind of thing and I was like okay well I'll give it a shot um but uh yeah you know definitely like I I every time I play it I'm like god I wish this was just D&D um for more than more than just that reason like being familiar at least with some of the world and some of how the classes interact with each other you got to remember all sorts of different alien races and stuff in this one that are all made up and not like established, you know, tropes or whatever. Right. And then, uh, another thing too, is that there's things like spaceship combat, which I had to like learn from scratch and it was just actually kind of cool because like, say there's four people on a spaceship, there's a captain, there's a gunner, there's a engineer and there's a science officer. So like the engineer is like repairing the ship and, you know, moving power from this shield to this shield the science officer is doing scans for weaknesses and stuff. The gunner is shooting and the captain's like giving buffs and debuffs to the, his crew and the enemy that you're fighting. It's pretty, pretty cool stuff. The captain and the gunner sounds fun. Everything yeah. else is. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, I know they're vital. I know yeah. it's vital, but yeah. well, it, you think about it, you have like, you have a healer, you know, in your combat crew, the guy's not hacking and slashing away, but he's back there like casting spells and, Buffing and debuffing. It's like the same sort of thing, kind of. Okay. All right. It's not so you know. bad when you reference it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, uh, but it, it's, it's interesting stuff. But, um, and one thing I've also learned is that, um, depending on who you're playing with, uh, 
sometimes the players just like they they won't catch a hint that you're trying to like lead them down certain ways so you have to cut them up with like what? inventive players inventive. not following yeah. your plot line that sounds so weird <laughs> yeah it's like sometimes you have to be kind of blatant and you're just like you have to find inventive ways of making them do certain things and then you know but there's also times where you just let them roll with it and see see what, what happens it's like you're gonna tell me next that bards don't try to fuck everything <laughs> yeah that's funny. I've never actually played with a bard. Oh, really? Yeah. They're always trying to seduce things. Yeah, I don't. I don't under. I get. I guess that's cool. They're just a high charisma based character. Yeah, or what? basically. But what do you get from seducing everything? Just you get to say you fucked everything. Mm, I, I guess. guess. Um. Yeah. And then I mean, it is fun when they fail. Yeah. Like because then you can just fuck them up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a. But it, I'd say for anyone who's kind of like timid out there, of like you know. Should I or should I not, you know, try Dungeons and Dragons or try DMing if you're if you've just been playing games? I think, you know, you should definitely try it out. It's it's fun. And I will say there's a lot more prep and stuff. But I would also say this. If you're going to DM um, a game, I would I would create your own one shot, which sounds daunting. But if you think about it, one thing that I've struggled with in this, because I'm do- doing it out of like a an actual pre printed booklet yeah if it's gonna be rough because you don't want to read stuff in the middle and it's hard to memorize where everything fucking is yeah so so that's the whole thing is that you're learning where you're learning the story before you're going and dming it right so you're not you're obviously not going to know it as well as if you had come up with it yourself so if you're gonna if you're starting out i would do a, a little one shot like a one mini adventure and write it start to finish yourself so you know everything you know all the ins and outs you know all the npcs you know the entire little town and you know you know the whole setting um that's what i would do if i was to go do it all over again i, I know like one shots are awesome because you get to complete a story and it's easier on the dm which is always nice but i i'm just the type of person that just wants to continue the story and playing you know, and that, but that's rough. You know, okay, we're well, not, we're not all going to be Matt Mercer who can write like a fucking epic, you know, storyline and remember this. Well, stuff. that's the thing is, you can do that, right? But do you know the one shot should be, you know, a single, um, encapsulated adventure, you know, and then at the end of it, you could leave a couple things open, and then that same group of people. After they're done with their first adventure, now they're getting called to some bigger purpose kind of thing. See, this is why I always feel like you. I knew, I knew, from, even from the first time I played D anD D, that you would be great at DMing. I just fucking knew it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, I'm st- obviously I'm still learning, but um, I think that that's that's kind of one of the cool things about writing your own stuff is you know, me doing this this uh, campaign that we're doing right now is like once it's over. Really, the only way to go is to get the next in the series, right? Because you have all these characters and, you know, I'm sure they're leading into something bigger. You know, there's all these like cliffhangers and stuff. Um, And I guess you could kind of try to take over at the end and make your own homebrew or whatever. But um, I think that writing your own and starting small is a great way to learn how to do it. Because you don't have to worry about like, you know, turning a page in the campaign book and saying, oh, God, now I have to come up with this other character and like a different voice and a different, you know, um, different sort of like, you know, uh, dialogue tree for them kind of thing. So 
Um, yeah, if I was to do it over again, and um, a couple of my buddies are talking about playing, uh, having a D and D game like a once a month thing. So um, might might look into that because I really want to get back into five E. That's an, that's the last thing I'll mention is that this whole thing has you know I like the guys I play with, um, and I've been having fun. But dude, fuck Pathfinder. <laughs> I've never, I haven't played Pathfinder. I haven't played, but I, I, all I hear is people's frustrations with it. It's, it's more number crunching. I feel right. It's so much number crunching, so many rules. And it's one of those things where like, okay, D and D or any of these tabletop role playing games, they are designed primarily to, or dinky dungeons. Like we mentioned last time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We'll have to play that one time. Cause I think I found the whole text online, but these games are designed to let you kind of, um, give you, you know, a whole lot of choice, right? You can kind of decide to do whatever it is you, your heart's your heart desires, but at the same time, if you have if there is too much out there, it makes things more complicated. You spend half your time reading in a book, trying to decide, okay, uh, ooh, which which uh, which one of these. 500 feats do I want to learn next? You're like, God damn, there's just so much out there. Um, and then you, you know, that's the same thing with like crazy multi-classing and things like that. Yes. You can create the character of your dreams, but uh, it, it becomes, that's such an advanced technique that you have to kind of build up to it. And Pathfinder, you know, there's, or in this case, Starfinder, Starfinder, luckily there actually isn't as many books as a regular Pathfinder, but I mean, there's there's whole books of of new characters, new subclasses, new worlds, new races, new everything that keep coming out and keep coming out. And so, like, you can approach it from the the aspect of like, okay, all of this is up for grabs, and then it becomes like a huge daunting task to figure out who you want to be, what you want to do, and how you want to live your role playing life. But um, but I think like. One of the great things about Dungeons and Dragons is you don't have to worry so much about, you know, like the nitty gritty stuff like um, Pathfinder, another mechanic that like we haven't really used it because I'm not I'm not going to deal with it (laughs) as a DM. But like what counting your bolts, make sure you have (laughs) enough arrows or. Well, that's one thing like I actually kind of like the idea of doing ammo. But no one else seems to like it, so it's it always kind of gets vetoed. Because can you can you imagine you're in the middle of a like boss battle and you run out of arrows? That's yep. a real thing to deal with. Not <laughs> it shouldn't just be like I'm just gonna hang out in the corner and pew pew. Now I'm gonna run over here pew pew just outside of whatever creature's range or yeah. whatever. Um, well, spells range pretty far, man. Uh, yeah, sometimes, but not all creatures have spells. You That's know true. I mean? So. Um, uh, that's that's one thing that I actually I actually like the idea of ammo. Now, as a DM, it's your job to make sure that no one's just sitting there with a crossbow that has no arrows for it or whatever. You know, you should be able to fairly easily come across more arrows or you know whatever to and keep well, it fun and interesting. That's fair. In in a fantasy world, like I'm sure arrows are not super fucking rare, right? And you can learn a skill to make new ones with stuff you find along or whatever. Right. Okay. There's plenty of ways of doing that. But one of the things in um, Pathfinder is like you have flat-footed defense. You have, uh, I don't remember what the opposite of flat-footed is, but there's one where basically like you're ready to take an attack, 
or if you're just standing there and you're not prepared to take an attack. So you have two different ACs depending on like what your state is. And then there's, um, there's all sorts of different things to add up. And and, I mean, you know, the, there's, there's still like, you know, proficiency bonuses and stuff like that, um, based on your skills and everything. But, um, quite a bit more of the nitty gritty, like, let me, let me calculate this all out. It's this plus this plus this plus this plus this. There's like little formulas and stuff and, I'm just not about that. No. I want to roll the dice. I want that. I want to at most add one other number to that number and that be the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about like, oh, it's I can use either this number or this number unless this is happening and then I can use this number. And that just sounds like it would open yourselves more up to debate like, oh, I said flat footed. No, you didn't. You said this. No, I definitely said yeah, that. No, I like, was totally ready for it. I don't think you were ready yeah, for it. You think... just walked into the room. It's like, well. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah you like should. That. And your armor class should be your armor. Yeah. You know it. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's 16. You have to be the 16 to hit me. You know, that should be the answer for it. So um, I think D&D 5e is much more accessible, especially for new players and stuff. Plus, you know, it's dealing with stuff that you understand, right? Like as far as races go, like compared to, say, Starfinder, where you have like you have uh, Eoxians, which are these like undead Skeletor type creatures. But they're they're not evil necessarily. They're just undead. But that's like how they evolved as a race is to live in their harsh environment. I'm okay with stuff like that. They might traditionally be considered evil, but then they're not. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't mind that, but I'm just saying like, you've never heard of that before. No. Right. But you've heard of an elf yeah. and a dwarf. Yeah. And you know, even at this point, you've probably heard of a tiefling, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, that's why I always try to go with the half orcs a, cause I, I love their traits, but B it's like, Normally, people consider them being evil. I was like, dude, I feel like orcs always get shit on. They're just fucking green or gray. Whatever. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They got choices. They got choices. They're always nondescript Peter Jackson cannon fodder. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. see, that's that's one of the things I liked. I don't know if, if anyone or if you've watched uh, Bright on Netflix. Yep. I love that the orcs weren't bad. Like, I love it. And I love that the elves were evil. They the were elves... just cholos. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I always hate the elves. They're always good. It's like, no, man. Elves can be shady. Yeah, elves can be pieces of shits. Yeah, but they can be cool too. There was like that one, the one elf cop guy. You're like, the, that guy's gonna be hella evil. And he was the like, FBI guy. Yeah, yeah, he was actually okay. All right, I guess. He, I mean, I wouldn't want to have beer with him, but no, he wasn't I would evil. I definitely would party with the orcs for sure. <laughs> yeah, or in D and D, I would party with cholos. <laughs> I would party with dwarves. I feel like the dwarves would be a lot. Oh of fun. yeah, dwarves would be super fun. Halflings would probably be hella fun. Yeah, probably. I would want to hang out with tieflings, man. What's their deal? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess played they, a tiefling barbarian, which is kind of a weird combo. Yeah, because they're most they're mostly built for spells, right? At least they they um, lean better towards spells. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But um, you know, mine I was thinking of like basically is Hellboy. Ooh, oh, see, that sounds kind of dope. Yeah. So you picked red color. Yeah. You shave your horns? Uh, no, I just had them like full on, <laughs> like full on, but. There was um you know there there would be cool things where like I would use my tail to do certain things, like um, like if I you know standing standing you know with they're like got me in chains or whatever I'd have my tail come up and tap a guy on the shoulder and he'd look over it and then I punch the other guy and punch the other guy kind of thing. There you go. Yeah, so it's cool stuff like that. You know, fun things to think about. I know um, people usually hate on dragonborns. I don't know why, but yeah, if anyone's listening, I mean they are would... dragon people. 
I would love I'd love to learn why. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, if you you know uh long story short, like I think everyone should take a chance and learn to DM. I know it's kind of a daunting task. Um but I've been you know I've been enjoying it. Um and uh I remember when I my first first night doing it, I had all these like note cards. I had different NPCs fleshed out. You didn't stuff use like any that. of them. I tried to. <laughs> Like, um, I definitely flipped back and forth to him, but then as I kind of went on, it became easier and easier to kind of think like, oh, let me just make up this guy. And then you write, you know, if, if you create an NPC on the spot, you write their name down so you can reference them later kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, take a couple notes down, but I think it's, it's much easier to like come up with stuff off the top of your head and then write down that as you're playing rather than prepare a bunch of stuff that you have to like, oh, which card was that on and this and that. Well, and players are always going to just fucking throw shit out there. Yeah. Like The one game that I DM'd, they wanted to reason with some uh, goblins. Yeah. Like to try to get them to side with them. And I'm and in my mind, I was like, it, if they even want to consider this, it's going to have to be a natural 20. And of course, it was a fucking natural 20. Yeah. And now they had two goblins on their side that I had to think of fucking names for them and like yeah. mini backstories because of course they want to <laughs> talk to them. You know, <laughs> I had a very similar thing. So in the Starfinder game, you know, I created a tavern scene where they're supposed to like find some information on uh, the different gangs that are in this uh, space station. And um, I realized that I had like two or three NPCs that I had fully fleshed out. I had all their answers and like who their allegiances were and everything. Then I had a bartender who was just supposed to be kind of a you know no whatever yeah. whatever character. But then I realized, okay, I'm I'm creating this this tavern, and I only have like maybe three NPCs in here. Like, is there just three people in the bar? Like, there should be a couple more people in the bar. You know what? So Who, I made <laughs> whoever they spoke to, it would have been one of the three that I wrote out, regardless. <laughs> yeah, and so like they're like, oh, uh, so I'm like, oh, let's make you know two guys at this table and some you know halflings over at this table or whatever. And then, of course, who who do they really latch onto? The halflings. Sam and Dave, the guy, the, the dock workers who had no backstory at all. They're like, dude, we should get their number. We should call them again. And they're like, you know who should? And then, like, you know, weeks later, they're like, we should call Sam and Dave from the bar. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why? They're dead. They died. <laughs> they died. There was an accident. There was a terrible accident. They're both dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where you, you never can really prepare for what three dummies can really get into. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's also half the fun because they keep you on your toes. You yeah, know? exactly. And you know, one thing I, I keep trying to do too is like try to get people to, uh, you know, participate more in it and stuff. And, um, and one thing I need to do a better job of is like using their character names and not their actual player names, you know, not their regular names. Um, oh, I, yeah, I would never do that. Go yeah. by player name. Yeah, and the player name is just, it's it's weird because some people are bad at naming things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's like a bunch of there's like a million vowels in this name. I don't know how to pronounce that. I would just tell a player offhand, like, dude, you're going to have to change. Yeah. It. Come on. You're going to have to change that name. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that word over and over. I'm again. not saying <laughs> yeah. like every fucking time. Man. Yeah, exactly. So that that's one thing I have to get better at. Um just because it's hard to remember, you know, trying to keep track of your story that you're creating and their characters and their backstories and stuff. Two so. syllable names. That's it. That's yeah. It. And like, you know, make them something cool. Like, you know, I don't know, Dark Strider or, you know, um, 
I don't know. <laughs> See, it's hard. Naming's hard. <laughs> um, and then trying to get people to role play more. You know what I mean? Where, you know, um, especially with new people, making sure that they're comfortable, like, you know, saying what they're trying to do. So rather than just be like, you know, okay, it's your turn. And, and they're just like, they roll, they're like 17. I'm like, well, what'd you do? Like, what, what are you, what are you trying? How are yeah. you attacking? You know, what are you attacking with? Uh, oh, my flame sword. Okay. What are you doing with your flame sword? You know? Right, right, right. And so after a while it gets like, okay, I want to. You know, I want to take a stab with my flame sword and see if I can stab him in the arm. It's like, okay, that's way better. Roll for attack, you know, um, and get them a little bit more involved in like the the storytelling part. I've been playing a couple like start a game, but unfortunately never continue with like new people who've never played before. And I'm always like, okay, I gotta take the initiative to mm-hmm. like start the role playing. But I'm always afraid, like, well, I don't want it to be all centered about me, you know. But like, I want to. I want to push the other guys to do more, but also yeah. I don't want it to be centered on my character. So it's like, it's a weird little balance you got to try to do sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think there, there's always, you're, most of the time you're going to be playing with kind of a mixed bag of people who at different experience levels, you know, um, you're going to have people who are kind of, you know, maybe in the middle of their D and D career or and have been playing for years, or there's people who are just beginning or there's people, you know, anywhere, anywhere around there you know and it's like making sure that it's fun for everybody is kind of a balancing act for sure but i think you know one one thing is like as long as you know the dm is making it fun and taking you know you know playing to each person's experience level i think it makes it a much more enjoyable experience overall and if you're a new player be a team player no like no one likes the guy who's like, even if you're playing a rogue who's, you know, essentially a thief, like, if you yeah. find something that doesn't work for you, you know, it's armor you can't use, be a nice guy and share it. Give it to the person in the party who can use it. Because even if your character would probably make you pay for it, you got to look at it at the end of the day and say, you know what, making this person a stronger character or a stronger fighter is going to help to protect me in battle, you know? Yeah, and not only that, like, I'd say, you know, people who are, who are new, like, don't be afraid to take a little charge of certain things, too, you know? Like, one, one thing when we play, there's one guy who always loots every single body. He's always the one looking for loot, which is fine. Like, people, you know, lots of people want loot, right? But, like, the other people always just let him do it and sit in the back burner, and they're like, whatever, and they'll just take his cast, whatever he doesn't want. I'm like, you guys should be looting, too. Be like, hey, did you want to loot the body? You know, you killed him, so I'll actually take chance and ask them kind of thing did you want to see see if he's got anything and then kind of leads them into you know experimenting more with different things but yeah it's it's a it's a fun thing man i i, I really enjoy dming um i i am really eager to get back to playing though so well you know if maybe you can dm a game for the podcast you can play a game with your friends <laughs> <laughs> just dm everything i feel like i'm gonna be stuck as a dm now nah maybe maybe but no <laughs> all righty then well i think that just about does it we talked quite a bit about upcoming movies we should have some fun stuff coming up later um i think next week i'm going to do a deep delve into uh, destiny so get ready unless we have a guest or something but i think next week might be a guest okay well uh i'm, I'm going to talk destiny at one point this month because <laughs> i'm having a great time in shadow keep so Y'all are playing Shadowkeep. Uh, look me up on PSN. Um, I'm Cody, I think, underscore 
one like W O N underscore Kenobi. Can you change your name once you have one on PS4? Um, I th- I think it ta- it's like a it's a freaking hassle to do it, but I think you can do it. Yeah. Because I want. I, although I love mine is Kat- uh, Bastard of Eld. I think or yeah. Katet of Eld. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I always forget, okay, wait, there's an underscore somewhere. There's a dash here. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to change it. Cause when I want to share with people, I'm like, fuck, I got to go look up like what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I just never remember my password. I just like when I have to re-log in after you do a system update or something, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Time to change it again. Time to change it again. Oh shit. It was that one. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, you've already used that one. Like fuck. Yeah. And you know what? You know, while we're talking about that shit, Google calm down okay it's always me logging in <laughs> sometimes i log in on different computers okay like calm the fuck down i didn't ask for this much security and i still get hacked even with all of it so yeah, but that's such a man like that's like do you want to give up that security where it's easily someone hacking your shit but i yes but also yes i do also i get the annoyance of you know are you going on this desktop like yes obviously well, not only that, but it's like, okay, maybe the reason I'm logging into my email on this computer is because I don't have my phone with me. And now you're going to send me a two-step verification to my phone. I was like, well, cool. I mean, I figured out the password. I figured out my security questions. Why do I have to do this other stuff? I don't know, man. Hackers. <sighs> I don't care about hackers. I don't <laughs> have any money for them to steal. <laughs> Google doesn't know that. <laughs> They should know that. They probably do know How much money do you have? Zero dollars? Okay, cool. Well, you know, just a regular four-digit passcode will work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they probably do know that, though. They probably know everything about us. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I know. It's scary. You Uh, know what's a little bit... Speaking of which, email us at nerdswithfriend at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll we'll never get to access it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Sharing is... Last thing. uh, I got freaked out. I was talking to someone mm -hmm. about doing a trip... To like possibly Vegas or something, maybe like a day or two. That's like half an hour later, I got an email about it. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Vegas fucking price. I'm like, dude, I didn't Google search anything. So oh, it's yeah. like, it no, was no, just... they are, they, I'm sure there's like a microphone in your phone that's just listening. It's like, oh, we can sell them some shit. There's already, you know, they've already come clean on like the, the uh, Google Home and the uh, Alexa, where there's just people at those companies just listening to it. 24 7 that's crazy i know we're living in like you know big uh, brother yeah like big brother like it's definitely there's no privacy left in this world that's just how it is but on that note (laughs) um you know i think uh we'll have a cool guest uh next week hopefully and um if we if i got the calendar right which i think i I think i do but i'll double check and then we'll we'll try to do like a special Halloween episode by the end of the month too, so that'll be fun. Focus. But uh, thank you, Christian, for uh, always uh, taking the time to come stop on by. Love it. Love being here. And uh, to all the nerds out there, remember uh, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night.